From the Los Angeles Times, this is Can't Stop Watching, your TV faves on their TV faves. I'm your host, Ivan Villarreal. On today's episode, we can't stop watching Samira Wiley, who plays Moira Strand on The Handmaid's Tale. Her performance has earned her an Emmy nomination for Best Supporting Actress in the Drama category. Handmaid's Tale continues to surprise um, people, continues to surprise our audience in terms of, you know, where we can go. Um, and in terms of maybe even the, the emotions, the feelings that we can elicit um, by what we're showing on the screen. So I'm excited to get, get back to work and be able to do that. Samira talks about what she learned from portraying Moira on The Handmaid's Tale and from before that, playing Poussey on Orange is the New Black. Plus, she reveals the British reality TV show that she can't get enough of these days. Let's get to it. I want to begin things by congratulating you on your Emmy nomination. Thank you. Big congrats. Thank you so much. I'm sure it never gets old, right? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you're Meryl Streep. I'm not sure. <laughs> you gotta ask her, but... <laughs> How did you even get to celebrate, given um, what we're living through right now? Was it like post-mating some, like, good dinner or something? <laughs> Um, that's like the best thing, right? Um, post-mating things right now. And also, I mean, like, I guess hand in hand with me being in a place that's not my own, I don't really have like my favorite places in this neighborhood that I know. Um, so my wife did, my wife and I got in the car and like drove back to our neighborhood and like went to this pizza place we really love. But like, that's, that's pretty much it. But I mean, I, I don't really need much, you know, just, just company of people that I love. Which actually, now that I think about it, there's not much of that either. <laughs> it's it's a big adjustment right now. We're just going through the motions. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've been to your share of Emmy ceremonies in recent years. I was hoping you could give me your best Emmy memory. Like, there, people don't realize, like, who you run into in the bathrooms or outside at the concession stands. Like, what, what memory stands out to you? Okay, so um, it was last year. At, no, not last year. Two years, the year I won. This was the Creative Arts Emmys. And we were in the car on the way there. It was like me, my wife, agent, publicist, and I um, was also presenting. And we realized when we were halfway there that we didn't have the tickets. And I was like, well, we got to be fine, right? Like, I'm nominated, like, and, and I'm presenting. And so <laughs> my publicist is like, well, I'm just called. They call, they're like, no, absolutely not. Like, she's not getting in without the tickets. And so we're ha we're more than halfway there. And we have to turn around and go back to the house. And the, the traffic is insane when you're trying to get to the Emmys because everyone's on their way there. We grab the tickets, rush back, and I call my stylist. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to make the carpet. And he's freaking out. Because, like, you know, the, 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 the designers are giving you the dresses, you're getting um, jewelry, all of these things, and I'm not going to get any pictures taken. So he's, like, freaking out, but also trying to be, like, calm about it. And he's, like, asking me, am I sure? Am I sure? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to make it. And we get there, but there's still, like, a, a little bit of hope. We get there, there's, everyone's gone. Everyone is gone. There's no one on the carpet. Literally, photographers are gone. There's, like, one last person who, like, looks at me and is like, no, nah, I'm good. And it's like packing up their stuff. And I'm like, why am I going to get any pictures? We walk in and like just make it. And the seat filler, I'm in the front row. And the seat filler who happened to be sitting in my wife's chair 
was wearing this dress full of glitter, right? She gets up and the chair is just full of glitter. And she, my wife can't sit there in her dress. So like the show starts and she's literally crouched on the ground in the middle. And like at this point, I'm like, all of these things are going wrong. Like maybe I'm going to win. <laughs> we ended up having to like try and like during the show, we're like wiping the glitter off the seat. We like get a towel. The towel's white. We like, we can't have the white towel. We got to get like a towel that Matt. It was insane. But then I ended up winning and the stylist ended up being happy because there's all those pictures. <laughs> I was going to say it was like the fashion god sort of helped you a little bit. They're like, we're going to get you the things that you need to happen. We're going to get those photos for you that you need so the designers can see the dress. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, at least you don't have to do any traveling this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be nice. Yes. To get to the ceremony. Yes. Well, I'm 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 sort of curious. I mean, how big of a role has television had in helping you get through the pandemic? Like helping you pass time? Like what are the shows that have sort of been there for you? You know, it's interesting me, you know, being in television and my wife even writing for scripted television. Um because we don't watch a lot of that. We right now are obsessed with a show called Love Island. Um, it's <laughs> a UK reality show that honestly makes, um, I feel like American um, reality show, it makes it look prudish even, um, what goes on, on on that show. But we're addicted to it. Uh, we watch that all the time. And... Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it it's been getting me through the pandemic. There's so, there's also so many episodes. There's like 50 episodes a season. And then we're not talking about half hour long episodes. These are hour long 50 episodes a season. So, I'm enjoying that. Um and then also I started um Nick Offerman's Devs. I think Nick Offerman, Allison Pill. I'm not um too far through it yet, but that's also been interesting. If you're doing Love Island, I feel like you I mean, it's maybe not as salacious as Love Island, but you got to do Love is Blind. I did. I did. I did. I did Love is Blind. Honestly, I stand for Cameron and Lauren so much. It's ridiculous. I mean, also, I mean, like, it probably, I mean, my wife and I are also an interracial couple and being able to see always any kind of version of yourself mirrored um, in any kind of media always helps you feel seen. But also, they're just so cute, and, like, their love is so real. And I think it's hilarious. She didn't know he was white in the beginning. I mean, it's just so entertaining. It is wonderful. And then, of course, I mean, I guess I feel like I'm just one of the pack. But at the time, Tiger King was totally my thing. I even watched the last episode, which was, like, Joel McHale just talking to people in his house. And I was like, this is not even, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm still here, like, glued, you know? <laughs> Well, it's like, what else are you going to do? It's like, there's no, like, excuse not to just be lazy sometimes and watch the thing that you're like, why did I spend my time watching that? You just, now's the time. Yeah. You just do it. Yeah, totally. Honestly, I'm always looking for, like, and I, I mean, excuse the word, because, like, I say trash, but, like, I want to consume it so much, but, like, just, like, mindless trash TV, you know what I mean? But, like, there's just so much gold there, you know? <laughs> There's not a short supply of trash TV, so it'll keep you occupied for a while. <laughs> what were you doing when lockdown first started? What was going on? 
Because Handmaids wasn't in production, or was it? Yeah, we were. Yeah, I was um, I was in Canada, I believe. Say if we're filming a certain episode or a certain block, and I'll have, like, large uh, amount of break time, I'll try and come back to um, to California and, you know, just be able to spend some time at home. So I was, like, right in one of, in the middle of one of those breaks, and we were like right at the time, I think I was supposed to like leave on like a, like that weekend, like a Sunday or Monday to go back to Canada. The show got like actually like the word that we're going to have to put a pause on this on like a Thursday or Friday. So I like just missed actually being in another country. But yeah, we were in the middle, we were in the middle of shooting, which is such a crazy thing to uh, be kind of like, all right, we're back, you know? I And I had kind of taken a little break from from working for a while. And I was just like so ready and amped to to go back and like do my job and like do the thing that like makes me happy. And then it was like, skirt! <laughs> Did you feel like, oh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks? I like remember thinking like, okay, maybe like a month and then we'll be back or something. And it just quickly became obvious that would not be the case. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I thought a few weeks, I think maybe at the most I thought a month. I mean, at the time, my my birthday is mid-April, and I was definitely like, well, we'll be, you know, I'll be able to, like, go and celebrate my birthday and, like, have a party somewhere and, like, turn up, and um, that didn't happen. (laughs) Well, I mean, for actors, lulls between projects is not uncommon, but, like, for you, who's been working pretty consistently in recent years— how has it been to sort of not be on a set for this long? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. It's It's been really interesting for me, I think, because I definitely made a choice for myself um, at the end of uh, summer last year that I had a pretty busy summer and um, it was great. I was doing um, a lot of film and I knew that we were going to be coming back to Handmaids. And so I decided to take a very conscious break. Um, I was like, I'm going to just take six months off. I'm going to, you know, I recently just bought my first house. I was going to just take a moment to sit down and breathe and kind of get back to myself. Um, I had been just going, going, going. And it's it's all about balance. I feel like life is all about balance. And I wouldn't have been able to sustain that without having that break. So to be able to take that conscious break and then be like, all right, I'm ready to go back. And then the world be like, no, you need to take a break again. It's kind of crazy because I felt like I was so intentional about this. You know, I was so intentional about taking care of myself, feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm practicing self-care. And then when I'm totally ready to, to invite what my life had been back into my life, it's been a much longer break, I feel like, for me than it has been for everyone else because I took uh, some time away. So it's... I don't know. It's really getting getting used to this new normal, which I feel like for everyone that's happening. But even just in my own like home life, like I'm not used to being up me and my wife up in each other's faces like this much. You know what I mean? Like I go in the kitchen and like you're there, and like I, I like I'm used to like being on a plane and like I love you, I miss you so much, and like I can't even miss you because you're just like there and. <laughs> That's been interesting. That's been really interesting because our our relationship, I feel like, has really um, existed within that space. Um, and this is a whole new space. Yeah. It's like you got to find your separate rooms that you can have to sort of create mm-hmm. some of that, like, missing aspect. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, totally. Like much like I think many of us are sort of grappling with whether life will ever be the way it was again. Do you think Moira feels she'll ever return to a semblance of normalcy? She's been, you know, so resilient thus far in trying to move forward with her life. But does she have hope that it'll ever be the way it once was? Or is there no going back given what's happened in her world? Um, I think I think there's a little both and. I like to think of Moira as someone who is a realist. And I don't think that she's thinking that anything is going to go back to normal. Um, I think there's a real question even of what that word means anymore. Um, normal. It's what she's had to create in Canada with Luke is something that is so far from anything that she ever thought her life would be. And I think that it's just a journey of trying to find a new normal. Um, and I think that there's just still so many questions there. Uh, even though she's been there for a few years now, nothing about this is normal. And I think it's going to take even more years to figure out what that is. I think also in being in Gilead for as long as she was, even though it's nowhere near as long as, I mean, she never even got placed in a home Everything there was so unpredictable, and she didn't know what the next day was going to look like, even when it comes to um, being, you know, disciplined or reprimanded or having um, those kinds of things put on her. She doesn't know. And, and, and I think maybe even she feels maybe even a little stupid, you know, Moira does. Like, stupid. how could I ever think that, like, why wasn't I ahead? Why wasn't I thinking forward? Why wasn't I prepared? Um, and so I think Moira's kind of going to live the rest of her life a little on her toes. And on her toes, meaning ready to run, you know what I mean, at any sign of unrest, you know? Well, this season, you share more screen time with Alexis Bledel's character, Emily, who has made it to Canada. How do you think that helped Moira, at least uh, psychologically, to have someone who endured the same trauma she did and there's sort of like no explanation needed between the two. Like, we don't have to like talk about it because we know about it kind of thing. You know, I think that there's sometimes you can meet someone that you've never even met before, but you know that you've had the same experience and you know that there's no way that there's even people in your life that you love and you feel close to, but there's no words to be able to explain to them what that experience did to you, you know, explain to them what it was like. There's an ease there. There's there's even a level of comfort to know that you know what that was like. You know what this felt like. And just like you said, there doesn't have to be many words about it. And being able to have Emily um, in Moira's life is, I think, truly invaluable. And I think we see that throughout the season. Probably gives her a little more hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. In both your big TV roles, and I'm speaking of Orange is the New Black and The Handmaid's Tale, you've played imperiled women, women who are um, surviving oppression. And some of that has been in parallel with some real world conversations we've been having. And I'm just wondering, like, did that take some getting used to, to be part of projects that are engaging with real-world politics or real-world issues? Yeah, um, for me, you know, Orange was really the first, um, not my first job, but the first thing that sort of thrust me into the, the 
the public consciousness. And um, it was, you know, it, it was the thing that made me, I think, a, a known actress that anyone was ever talking about. So because of that, that's kind of, this is kind of the only thing I know is being a part. And I know that that's, you know, for an actress, that's, I am really blessed and lucky to be in these shows, but I feel like I have been a part of the conversation of what's going on in the world. And what I think of as art and being an artist, I think of as a conversation between the artists and what is happening in our world today. And that being a conversation. And I feel like that's what you want. You want to be able to have your art be a reflection of what's happening in your world and vice versa. Um, and I think if I was a part of something else that wasn't as relevant, that would actually be like, I would feel more like a fish out of water. Um, it's easy for me to like not being able to um, separate my work from what's happening in the world. It just kind of bleeds one into the other for me. And that's been it's it's actually been really, really nice for me to feel so connected to the world in that way. Because at the end of the day, I always feel like, well, it's TV. You know what I mean? It's just it's just TV. But this makes it feel a little more um, like it has meaning, you know, for me when it's able to to connect in that way. Yeah, because sometimes you see that there's this idea that there shouldn't be a blurring of the lines or actors or performers shouldn't mm. comment on politics and just leave that, you know, let people think on their own and not express yourself in a certain way. And when you're on a project where the, those themes are sort of embedded, like how can you not have thoughts about yeah. the work that you're doing and what it says about the world? Yeah. You know, when actors talk about the roles that they play, we often hear about how their own experiences sort of inform how they play the character. But I'm curious whether whether it's Pousset or Moira, like how much do you consciously find yourself learning from their choices or behaviors or perspectives? Like how much do they inform you? For me, it's that's so much more what it is for me than the other way around. And I, I mean, like I do possibly think that that just has to be because these characters, Pousset and Moira, um, first off with Pousset, um, I feel like I've, I've just learned so much from her in terms of the person that I want to be. I feel that she is so honest and she's loyal and she, her moral compass comes before her, you know, wanting to be liked even. And that's so hard. It's so hard for, for, I, I want to be liked so much. Um, and I, it's the traits that I was able to explore with Pousset, with her honor, her integrity are things that I know have changed me as a person. And a lot of times I, I, even now, like I think about like, well, what would Pousset do in this, in this situation? Um, and honestly, it just, and her empathy even, you know, for other people's experiences, it really, really, really changed me. Um, being able to play a character like that. And I think it also, for me, was able to make me love myself a little more even. You know, one of my acting teachers back in the day, you know, when she was, we would talk about being on the stage and she would be like, well, there's nobody up there but you. You know, you may be playing another character, but you can't bring anything to it that's not you, you know, already somewhere inside you. And I think that was eye-opening for me in playing Pousset because I'm like, 
oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe I do have these things inside me as well. And for Moira, oh, gosh, geez, I, I don't know how anyone honestly can just like be as badass as Moira. Yeah, she, insp- she inspires me so much. I don't know if I want to always be as brash as Moira is. But yeah, those th- those ladies, they're just such wonderful. Like, I got to just play like somebody horrible soon, I think, because I think they push me. You know, they push me to be better, but they also push my mind to think about things in a different way because you always can approach a subject with just who you have come to be with whatever age you are in the world. But because I have sort of like these other minds that I have played for, you know, I played Pousse for four years. I'm going into my fourth year playing Moira. I've sat with these women for so long. And so I feel like I know what their brains would think if they were presented with this problem and with both of them. So it's it's really, I think, helped me grow. Well, I want to talk more about your time on Orange is the New Black. I mean, your character's death on that series was one of the most devastating moments in the run of the show. It's a scene that the relevance has never gone away of what happened to her and how it happened to her. And I just wonder, like, what do you remember about shooting that pivotal scene and, like, the feelings it brought up for you? Because, you know, they say fiction teaches you a lot about the reality you live in. And I think a lot of people, for them, it was a learning moment. And for others, it was, like, finally being seen and seeing that portrayed on screen of our realities. So I just wonder what what that scene was for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's interesting about that, just that whole journey. Like I knew for a very long time what was going to happen to my character that season. Um, I happened to have a girlfriend at the time, now my wife, who was on the writing staff. So it was this kind of secret that I had, that I kept from, you know, I think I think of that cast as my sisters. You know, it's a secret I kept from my sisters for months. And um, they all found out once they got the script for that episode, which was a week or two maybe before we shot it. Actually, I remember Laverne, we were like sitting in the hair and makeup chair and she was reading her script right next to me. She was just like, oh, Samira! <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's happening, it's happening. Um, but that day, because I think some of my cast learned so much, learned so much later than I did what was going to happen, I remember that day being a lot of me trying to take care of them um, because I'd had so much time to process, you know, and that's what these things need. They need, because they're so unfathomable, even in our our real world, which this is, you know, a, just a mirror of, you know, there's things happening right now in our world that will never be understood, you know, but everything heals a little more. You're able to swallow things a little more with time. And so my cast members did not have that time. And I remember specifically that day, um, me almost like just trying to let everyone know that it's gonna, it's okay. It's, it's gonna be okay. And that scene was so much more about everyone's reactions because there's so much of me that's just on the ground the whole time. And <clears throat> I honestly felt like that day was so much more difficult for them than it was for me. I know it was. I can't imagine what it was like. You know, we've seen, uh, Daniel Brooks 
beautiful, you know, um, um, reaction to what happens to Poussey in that scene. I was, I, I just remember trying to lighten the mood that day um, and trying to let other people have the the time that I had already had. I mean, I had gone through so many things in, 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 in the months before that day. Oh God, I was upset. I remember being upset at the writers. I remember being um, honored even, you know, for them picking me to be able to, to hold this, this huge responsibility, this weight of what we were going to um, present to the world. I remember just crying so much. I remember being, you know, so thankful that I got to play this beautiful light of a character. Um, but I had months and months and months to deal with that before I had to lay on the ground and have that guy put his knee on my back. So everything that happened that day, I felt like actually happened for a stretch of time for me. Whereas for my castmates, um, they didn't have that time, which we don't get in life. We don't get any time to process something before it happens. Yeah, it was a, it was a very powerful moment. Well, before I let you go, I just wondered if you had a status update on Handmaid's Tale and how are you feeling about the prospect of getting back to work? I'm, look, I am excited to be able to, um, no, I don't have a status update, um, but, but, I am, <laughs> but I am excited to, I, you know, already had an, eye, an idea of, I don't have all the scripts or anything like that, but of where we're going this season. And I think that, Handmaid's Tale continues to surprise um, people, continues to surprise our audience in terms of, you know, where we can go um, and in terms of maybe even the, the emotions, the feelings that we can elicit um, by what we're showing on the screen. So I'm excited to get, get back to work and be able to do that. But in times like this, it is sometimes hard to be able to understand, like I was saying before, um, understand the relevance of what I do and how it has, um, how it fits into the world and it is hard when there's times like this where people do not have a job, where so many people have lost their jobs. And to know that, like, I do have job security, but to know that that job security comes from, like, TV and, like, just entertainment, um, it's it's hard to reconcile those things for me. You know, and, and I've had people, you know, that I've been talking to that are like, yeah, I hope you get back to work so I have something to watch. It is a weird thing to wrap my brain around to know that there's so many real, like people can't pay their rent. People can't, you know, they don't know how to go to work and, and have childcare. They don't know how to, to, to live in this world where this pandemic is taking so many things away from people. And I'm happy to be able to be in the position to not have to be as stressed about those things. But that also makes me feel guilty. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Um, but I also, I mean, that's wrapped back up into like exactly what Handmaids is talking about. You know what I mean? About the disparity between um, the privileged and the people who make the laws, the people who make the rules um, versus the people that it affects on a daily basis. For me, look, before I go, I just really want to plug like voting right now. Um, that's exactly, I feel like, what's happening in The Handmaid's Tale is these people don't have a voice. And one thing that we have been blessed with in America is the opportunity to have a voice. Um, and I know elections are, are, are coming up and I just want everybody to focus, focus on that and, not, and know that if you don't feel heard, that's where you can feel heard. If you go to whenweallvote.org slash Samira Wiley, and you don't know how to register to vote. You don't know how to vote. You're, you're 17, but you think you're going to be 18 before. Just go there. 
whenweallvote.org slash Samira Wiley and we'll register you to vote right now. I think that's the perfect note to end this on. <laughs> and I think that is something that if there is a silver lining of what we've been experiencing is getting some perspective on our privilege, whatever that is. Yes. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. It was lovely chatting with you. Thank you so much. That's it for the 34th episode of Can't Stop Watching. I'm your host, Yvonne Villarreal. Our producer is Paige Heimson, and our executive producer is Abby Fentress-Swanson. Our engineer is Mike Heflin, and a special shout out to Elena Howe for booking the guests for this podcast. Come back next week for more special bonus episodes of Can't Stop Watching. On Tuesday, we're talking to Martin Short. He got an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Guest Actor in the Drama category for playing a director accused of sexual misconduct on The Morning Show. I think it's great. You know, there's so much traditional typecasting in Hollywood. There's a Stephen Sondheim lyric, all they ever like is repetition. All they ever want is what they know. And so if you can break the mold a little bit and play against type and you still get nominated, that feels even a little more satisfying. If you like Can't Stop Watching, subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple. Special thanks to Julia Turner, Matt Brennan, and Clint Shaw. We hope you're enjoying this podcast created by the journalists at the LA Times. Right now, access to facts has never been more important, and the Times is in the business of reporting them. Stay connected and subscribe, because your subscription supports the production of podcasts like this one and our award-winning journalism. Visit latimes.com slash supportlatimes to subscribe. Thanks for listening and see you next week.